is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's continue to talk. Utah Jazz Playoff Basketball. Let's get out to the zone phone. Of course, you see him on AT&T Sportsnet. He's our good uh, good friend, Thurl Big T Bailey. Let's, what's going on, Thurl? Good, man. It's a beautiful day. And it it's playoffs, right? What more could you ask for? <laughs> Seriously, beautiful day. Playoffs. And, and let's start there, uh, Big T. 13,000 fans in the stands last night. It, it right. felt like the playoffs. It, it felt like you know this arena was back to life again. It was beautiful, man. I walked off the set into the arena for the tip-off and seeing all those white shirts in there, was uh, it was amazing. You know, it just re- really reminds you of how much you miss that, right? And hopefully, you know, we're going to get that thing packed eventually. But, man, it was beautiful to see. So, Thurl, we're curious to know, since we were doing the radio pregame on the other side of the uh, main entrance to the arena, whether you felt like you were in danger of getting struck by lightning. <laughs> well, you know, I was really I, – I felt that Mike Smith was in danger of getting struck by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> that was really something. It hailed for a little while. It, that yeah, was yeah. hey, come rain, sleet, or shine, we're gonna be on that plaza doing a little pregame. Well, you know, you got a job to do, you gotta do it, That's man. Right. You're ready to go, you gotta go. That's right. Um uh Thurl, I know you were gonna give you a segue here. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were on the Zoom call with, with Donovan Mitchell. We heard you jump in there and, and ask a question, but what you what'd you make of that media availability? Um, you know, I, I love the fact that, you know, these guys are obviously talking about it to a certain extent and as a player you know i get it and i understand that you you want to move on and it's business as usual um you know kind of on the media side you want questions answered uh, but you know i'm of the mindset and thank jerry sloan for this the game's got to be played right and if you're if you're ready you're ready uh, you know you you listen to the medical staff and you know your own body um uh, you know i don't i don't really care about any kind of controversy going on i want the guys who are out there ready to play play and it looks like donovan's going to be ready on wednesday um and you know there's 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 uh you know a series that's got to be played and donovan is a key piece in that and and the guys on the team know it so i hope there's not any kind of residual effect of all that that's going on that these guys can go out and focus on the task at hand because this is a, to be in that position to win it all in a long time. So we don't want anything hopefully infecting that. You know, that's interesting. I wonder if both of those things can coexist together where Donovan can can focus in and the team can focus in. But I wonder, you know, because he – that's one thing about Donovan. He was very candid in what he is – in his answers, I thought. And I thought the questions were really good by everybody who participated, yourself included. 
But he, he, he flat out said how ticked off he was about the whole thing. And I wonder what effect that has. Does it – I mean, you're a player thorough. You're human, right? I mean, these things yeah. do come into play sometimes. Yeah, and I've never been in a situation like that, right? So, I, you know, I, I can't be in Donovan's shoes. But, you know, he's got a team to worry about. And I think that's really the priority to him, right, his teammates. They've come a long way together, gone through a lot together. Um, and the thing you have to do as a player, you have to, you really have to compartmentalize, right? You can't, even though you feel a certain way, maybe you can channel it in, into what you, what you know you have to do, to do on the court. But um, you don't want to be looking back, you know, with the outcome of this thing, because you know it's, it's, you know, it's it's an important part of your career, um, and saying what could have affected what. So, yeah, I think Donovan, he's mature enough to know how to handle this thing along with the coaching staff and his teammates. Uh, We'll see. We'll see on Wednesday. Well, give us your kind of diagnosis on game number one. Thurl Gordon and I have gone through a kind of a laundry list of of things that weren't necessarily ideal. What what do you want to see improved in game number two? Uh, I think the first part of it is kind of the approach. I mean, there's a there's a psychological approach. There's a mental approach. There's a mental game. I think the Jazz lost last night, um, and you can thank Dylan Brooks for that. I mean, I think he 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 found something, right? He found the Jazz at a point, and he got in their heads a little bit. Don, um, Rudy talked about it post game, you know, about not getting caught up in it, but being able to match it. And so, uh, you know, the game is what it is. You know, you got to hit shots when they're wide open. And you got to give credit to Memphis in preparing themselves to come out. I mean, I, I think there's something to them coming off an emotional win in the play-in game against Golden State and coming right out and playing again. And the Jazz sitting around for seven days and, and uh, you know, having to manufacture some of that, that excitement. So um, I, don't, I don't think you're going to see that on Wednesday. Um, whatever the basketball issues were, I think, you know, they'll address those. They've been pretty good at kind of bouncing back from things that didn't work the game before. And in a, in a series that's against the same team, um, I expect some, you know, uh, I expect a, a more well-balanced attack, if you will. So about the physicality of the game, Thurl, you've been in some tough, tough playoff series through the years. I mean, I, I'm curious to know. It's 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 a delicate mix, isn't it, between – being physical and being tough and also focusing on what needs to be attended to in order to execute the way you have to. Both of these those things go into being tough, right? So how, how do the Jazz do that? Well, I think you're right. That toughness is, you know, that physicality is inclusive in that toughness. I don't think you can profess to be a great defensive team and not have some of toughness in you and the physical part as well. It's just a matter of how consistent you bring it every single night. Um, and so when you talk about the playoffs being that next level, right, uh, whatever you brought in the regular season, there's got to be more of it and, and a consistent amount of it uh, in the playoffs, and you got to show it every single night. So I, I have, there's no doubt in my mind and, you know, bias aside, because I've seen this Jazz team uh, a lot every single game that's been played that we are more talented 
than the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, the other elements, we we didn't really see yesterday that needed to be there. You know, obviously, um, you know, when when teams find a weakness and they're going to exploit it, you know, I think that mid-range question that I posed uh, and in the paint question I posed to Quinn was an important one because, you know, you get, you get outplayed. Um, even when the three is not working, you got to find something else. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that toughness and that physicality has to be kind of intermixed. So, uh, Thurl, often I find complaining about refereeing futile. I mean, people, referees make bad calls uh, all the time. I mean, it literally happens in every single game. But you mentioned Rudy's postgame comments. He, he talked about the referees in what I thought was an interesting way. He said he could not figure out how the game was officiated. And I guess my question to you is, from a player's perspective, is uh, really aren't all you looking for is consistency? Like maybe you call it tight, maybe you let a lot of stuff go, but at least allow me to get a feel for how you're going to call the game. Well, that's what you hope for, right? Um, but, you know, I always took – I mean, I didn't agree. I mean, there were some times when there were certain things that were blatantly obvious, right, call didn't go our way but you look for that balance you look for maybe some of those missed calls that go against the other team and you're like oh, okay it's not just one-sided but the bottom line is you, you're just not going to know how that's going to be that shouldn't affect how you go out and play right i mean uh you let the chips fall where they may you go out and you play your game uh knowing that there's certain calls you're not going to get but there's certain positions you can't put yourself in Right, uh, those officials weren't responsible for 16 turnovers. Right, and so you clean those kind of those things up. I don't think those kind of things decide the game itself. Right, unless it comes down to a tight game and there's a call that could go either way. But you can't base your play on what on how the refs how you think the refs are going to allow you to play versus the other team. Uh, so. You know, that's another one of those mental things, right? You're dealing with the mental stuff from the other team and you're dealing with the mental stuff from the refs when you're frustrated because you think you're not getting the call. No, no, this is the playoffs. Just go out and bust your ass and you go play. And 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 the outcome is what it is and you live with it. Thor, what kind of difference will Donovan Mitchell make? Uh, he said he's playing Wednesday and we presume from here on out. What will he do that uh, will make a difference? Well, I think we've seen it. I think we've seen the level Donovan Mitchell. I don't know if you can win a championship without your superstar. And I I don't mean star. I mean superstar. The superstar Donovan we've seen, the one we saw in the bubble, uh, the one we saw towards, you know, the tail end of the season that plays within the system but understands that he's got to be a playmaker and he's got to have the ball in his hands in, in situations where the Jazz need a boost. Um, so, yeah, you've got to have that superstar level at this level to come through for you, uh, you know, throughout the course of the game, you know, with that 30-point that, that game, uh, that dominance to, to get a matchup that just can't stop you, and they got to figure something out. It's just you're adding another huge piece to a, a, a team that's, that's pretty well-rounded and talented, a lot of three-point shooters, but now – You've got a next-level player that's going to up that game, and that's what he brings. 
Big T, how do you slow down a guy like John Morant? Well, there's no question John is talented. Um, and I think the key is exactly what you said. I don't, I'm not sure you can completely stop him, although I think he's young enough in this league where he's not quite a superstar yet and he's not as consistent um, a, a player. He really doesn't want to shoot that three. I mean, he can knock it down if he's wide open and push it in. But he is really, really good at decision-making in that paint. Uh, and whether it's mid-range or getting all the way to the basket, he's very creative in doing that. And once he finds that weakness and, and the team hasn't figured it out yet, uh, he's good at it. And, and you know, he's, he's got a great complimentary player in Brooks. So, you know, I, I'm interested to see what that game plan is going to be, whether it's to get it out of his hands early. Um, Rudy not being in the game hurt, right? Although Derek Favors did a great job, I think it's going to take a total team effort when those bigs help, right? Who's going to help them on a you know, on a balance unit, so, you know, so he can't uh, be a major key in the paint as well. Thurl, what can the Jazz do to keep the Grizzlies off those offensive boards? That's something uh, that yeah. Memphis is pretty darn good at. They are good at it, and that's a collective effort too guys i mean it really is it's it's talking about it and you know when you're when you're going over the scouting report and and understanding that that's a huge a huge advantage to the other team especially when you talk about possessions right i mean they took 100 shots jazz only took 81 and 47 of those for the jazz were three point shots uh, so every possession is going to matter uh, whether the game's going to slow down or not, probably somewhat. You're not going to see that up and down pace as much as you did in the regular season because every possession is so important. Uh, and that's just hustle, right? That's, those are just hustle points. Uh, you know, there's nothing magical about that. You just got to be conscious of it and just and go get them. Thurl Bailey with us here on the big show uh, on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, what do you think about the Rudy Valanciunas matchup? It's, it's, I guess it's going to be extremely physical, or so it would seem. It is, yeah. It's going to be testy. I, I like that. I mean, that's, that's some throwback stuff. And as much as the officials will allow you to, to bang a little bit, I hope they do. Um, yeah, I, I like the matchup, and it's not so much a one-on-one matchup as it is a matchup of how each player is effective uh, on their team. Of course, I think Rudy wins the defensive battle, but um, you look at Valanciunas' points. When Rudy's not in the game, he just attacks whoever it is. You know, he's got a little hook in there, but a lot of it is when the big goes and helps, right? Who's going to protect you know, Rudy's guy, who's going to get back and play that defense so he doesn't get an easy dunk or an easy put back. Uh, so I, I like the matchup, and defensively, the Jazz can get a lot more opportunities uh, if they understand that that on-ball defense has got to be great if it gets to Rudy. Uh, so he's not necessarily the last line of defense all the time, and there's no help there for him. But um, I, I like, I like, I love big matchups. Thurl, uh, I wrote, wrote, put this in a column I wrote for today, but uh, 
Uh, you played for Jerry Sloan. You'd been in playoff losses before, and uh, I remember something that Jerry said to me when I was talking to him about losing in the playoffs, losing a game in the playoffs, and he said it was one of the things he loved most about coaching was challenging his team and seeing what kind of fight they had in them after a loss. And he, he, he relished that. And he said, that's when you find out who a team is, what a team is. I, I, I find that kind of talk really fascinating. Was that your experience with him? Oh, no question about it. Jerry tested us all the time. And for him, man, you even understand after a win, right? I mean, you, you, get, you get players who are, like, really excited about the moment. Jerry wasn't like that. Jerry was like the long haul, you know? So, you know, even in a win, he'd look at the stat sheet and he'd pull out something that he wasn't happy with, right? So basically to him, you know, yeah, the win was good, but we really haven't accomplished it. We want to get – we're talking long term. These are the things we didn't do well. we got to do them better. We want to be a better team. And I think Quinn's really the same way, right? I mean, you, you don't hit him with any questions about a streak, a win streak, right, or, or records being broken because it's not about that. It's about how can we get better every single game. Um, and now in the playoffs, it's even, it's even uh, spotlighted even more because it's the same team you're dealing with. And what are you going to tweak? How are you going to be better than the next game? And how are you going to bounce back from, from what just happened? Big T, you are the best. Thank you for jumping on with us. And, of course, we'll be watching on AT&T Sportsnet. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you, Thurl. Thurl, Big T, Bailey, jumping on with us. Playoff time, indeed. Sometimes uh, I think viewers and listeners uh, forget how many, how many games uh, Thurl Bailey played in. Oh, yeah, Thurl played for a long time. A long time. And he's seen all this stuff before. So we'll see if the Jazz uh, rebound. That, that That's really what it comes back to. Can they bounce back? Remember in last year's bubble, which was a weird environment, but uh, they lost that first game, then they won three straight. Then, then what happened, Jake? You tell me, Gordon. Uh, they, they lost. Why do, why, you say are you it like, why do you say it like that? And why no. are you smiling? <laughs> just, I'm just go goof. jazz. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm Jeez. just saying that uh, that but, uh, you can gather yourself and then lose yourself. No, who are you, Eminem? <laughs> Ma's spaghetti. And, and way to way to pick that scab. Why don't you talk about the last time that they lost a uh, a game one at home in the playoffs? Why don't you talk about then? When was that? 1998 against Houston. That turned out okay. So you could have referenced that. Well, that was 22 years ago. Yeah, that's when 23 years ago. They lost game one at home and then ended up making it all the way to the finals. How about while we're young? I mean, you're going all the way back, way, way, you know. Easy now, Greta Garbo fan club. (laughs) And they lost uh, technically in the bubble the first one on the road last time. That's what I said. I just said that. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm making – never mind. Oh, what? No. What I'm mean? not just, po- I'm making the joke that they were technically on the road because everyone, everyone was. was on the road. No, yeah. they were home. They were home in the happiest place on earth. All right, never mind. <laughs> Let's wipe the slate clean. What do you say? All right.
Let's get out to the zone phone, shall we? Uh, joining us now, our friend from Lone Depot. He is Matt Harrison with us here on The Big Show. Matt, let's talk about improving people's lives, shall we? I love it. It's, a, it's the greatest place on earth, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, we've kind of gone through a, a, a few different uh, ways that this program can, can work. I'd like to now hit three different types of individuals. And uh, so the next couple of segments, we're going to go through them. So the first one I'd like to hit on is, um, let's say that you are an individual that is um, is renting right now, or you know you're you're trying to kind of figure out how can I how can I better my my position and possibly get into a house, and, and you might be living on social security or whatnot, but to, you know income isn't isn't really really good. However, you've got a little bit of a nice nest egg that's been built, and you're kind of planning on using this for retirement. I had a, a, a woman that I helped uh, not too long ago that was in a scenario where her husband passed away and um, left her with about you know $150,000 that was available to her. Um, the problem is, is that she, you know, the, the income went down, benefits went down, so you know she was making about $1,100 a month, give or take. And uh, you know, with rents where they are right now, it's outrageous. Um, you know, she was spending about eight hundred to nine hundred dollars a month in, in rent and that did not leave a whole lot of money available for her um, her family came over and said you know we we really want to try to figure this out because it's probably seven years from now mom's going to run out of out of money um, and we're going to have to kind of step in and help and that was creating a strain on you know on them so what we were able to do is use this program as we talked about as far as a purchase is concerned she was able to use um, a portion of that $150,000 to actually go and buy a home. And as we've discussed before, the great thing about a reverse mortgage program is that you do not have to make principal or interest payments. So she went from having to pay $850 to $900 a month in rent to only having to pay taxes and insurance on the home. And so that increased her cash flow to where on a monthly basis now she was actually going positive every single month. And it was just a wonderful experience for her. Um, this is one of, of many ways that this program can be used, but it really does allow people that feel like they don't have a way to get into a home the ability to look into some scenarios that will allow it. And it's cool because you're you're doing a lot of cool things to get the word about out about this. You just want our listeners to to get more information, learn a little bit more, and see if it works. Absolutely. So we're providing a lot of different ways to do that. Um, we're going to be having, you know, our next uh, kind of live event. It's going to be in Sugar House um, on the 16th of June at noon. We're going to cater it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're just going to go through and answer any of the questions that might be there. This will be educational. Um, and we're going to have a lot of fun with it. So if you're 62 plus or your parents are in that situation, uh, please reach out to me. My cell phone, 801-330-2200. Again, 801-330-2200. Or you can catch me on my website, reverseourhome.com. Again, reverseourhome.com. Thanks, Matt. You're the best. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. All right. There's our friend Matt from Lone Depot. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point bell. 
Jazz trail the Grizzlies one game to none in their best of seven uh, playoff series after last night's loss, 112 to 109. Donovan Mitchell did not play, and that did not sit with Don- uh, well with Donovan Mitchell. No, I, the biggest thing for me was I just felt I should have played. That's what, to be honest with you, I felt like that's that was it's no secret. We all know that. You know, at the end of the day, the experts said no. You know, and I feel like we can, like I said, we can disagree on those things, but that was the frustration. You know, it was, it was, it was unfair to, you know, my team. I was like, man, I feel like I let them down in the sense, you know, when you're not there for me to play off game, um, that probably hurts me more than anything else. It eats me. I barely slept because we think about that stuff. So that was really for me where it ate me, uh, where, where it hurt. So I spoke to my guys. We all spoke. We're, we're good. We're past it. And that's it. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell and Coach Quinn Snyder confirmed that Donovan is a go for Wednesday night's game number two between the Grizz and the Jazz. That game will uh, tip off at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage will begin here on the Zone Sports Network at 7. This bottom of the hour Jazz update brought to you by Syringa Networks. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. show gordon monson jake scott 97 5 and 1280 the zone we want to remind you about our friends at davis vision their spring lasik sale is going on now get rid of those contacts and glasses and save one thousand dollars start your road to better vision at davis vision check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call today 801-253-3080 that's davis vision so jake how does it feel uh, to be without a home, like a complete unknown, <laughs> like a Rolling Stone. You, do you have every? Do you have every song memorized? No, 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 no. Far from it. But I do like that particular song. Okay, that was the song he played when he went to the uh, the folk festival and uh, came out with an electric guitar, and everybody booed him. Oh, really? You ever heard that story? Because uh-uh. he was he was strictly a, a folk guy. Yeah. And then and I'm trying to remember the name of the folk festival. It's like the biggest one in the country. But anyway, he got up there and uh, it was his dramatic kind of turn toward pop electronic rock. What does anyone uh, care what kind of guitar Bob? And Dylan they booed him. Uh, folk uh, music people are into the uh, the the acoustic stuff. They're not into the electric stuff. Well, that's changed over time. In fact, if you hear the recording of the concert, you can hear somebody yell Judas at him oh, right God. before he starts. <laughs> Man, I hate it when people put you in a box like that. Well, it is a folk festival. Well, yeah, but just, you know, you can redefine those boundaries. Yeah, but you don't go to, like, Ozfest for some smooth <laughs> jazz. You know what I mean? So they would have really, what if he pulled out a saxophone? I don't know. That's not really folky either. Mm-mm. Oh, well. All 80 right. years old. How's he doing? <laughs> I don't know. Huh? Uh, he's still breathing, so that's good. <laughs> you said you saw him in he still, last, has, he still has perfect pitch. Last time I saw him, he was 
like I said earlier, I came out a little worried. And yeah, his pitch is, uh, is still is my, about the same. This is my favorite Bob Dylan song. <laughs> Nailed it. No appreciation. You know who really loved Bob Dylan? Bob Dylan. Steve Jobs. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's hmm. a big Dylan guy. How about that? Did you read his book or something? I did. <laughs> and? Wow. What a trip. I mean, really, when I read the book about Jobs, it was like, it was like, at times you're reading and you're going, what an absolute jerk. And then at other times, it's like, what a brilliant jerk. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was, you, you sort of come along with it as time goes by. And I've always been very tolerant of jerks. You know. Did it go into all that that stuff? <laughs> that wasn't. That was a shot. No, it wasn't. No, 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 not at all. Did it go into that stuff about how he and Bill Gates just basically stole from one another and stole from Xerox, and that's really why they became successful? <laughs> did they get into that? Hey, if it how did, they I... stole this technology from Xerox, and all of a sudden, boom, Apple. <laughs> I know those two were at times at odds. No, because but... it, it was the, the point-and-click, uh, like— um, folder system that Xerox oh. developed oh. and then Jobs stole it from Xerox and then Bill Gates stole it from Jobs. <laughs> Called it Windows instead Called of folders. Called it Windows, yeah, right. So it's just kind of like every other aspect of business and music and entertainment. Uh, sure. steals from everybody. Uh, sure, but uh, I mean, uh, these big tech guys are, are looked on as these, you know, giant innovators where really they're just <laughs> thieves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little bit. Like, didn't uh, didn't uh, what's his nerdy uh, steal Facebook from the uh, the something Voss twins? Wasn't that a thing? Oh, uh, the Winklevoss twins. Yeah. yeah. Who are they? I don't even know who they are. They were the original uh, the makers of Facebook and Jesse Eisenberg. No, not uh, that's who he played. Jesse Eisenberg. What's the guy's name? Played uh, Mark uh, Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg yeah. in the movie. Stole it from them allegedly. Yeah, right. At the at the behest of. Justin Timberlake and Napster. Yes, yes, well, at least it, according to them. Yeah. <laughs> but then they, they And then Andrew Garfield was there, Spider Man was involved somehow. So. Is there always are there always two sides to a story? Is that Usually. Yeah. yeah. So I just wondered what kind of book that was it kind of a you know a, Who wrote it? A celebratory kind of thing, or did it really tell the story? Uh, no, it was I, I. It was my impression, and I don't know, but it seemed like it was, it was uh, told from a from a fairly uh, straightforward uh, perspective. Was, was it, it autobiographical? No, 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 no. I don't think uh, Steve loved it. What's the guy's name? It starts with a W. His last name. What was it? I can't remember. Winterhosen. Speaking of autobiographies, I, I tried to latch on to Bob Dylan's autobiography a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's not really in what you'd call like chronological order, so it was a little, it was a little difficult to follow. A little time jumpy? It was a little bit, what's he talking about here? I've got no idea. What year are we in? Don't ask him. One of those kind know. of things, yeah. yeah. <laughs> His <right>. brain's been <laughs> microwaved. Oh, that's kind of rude. Why? <laughs> I mean, who's done more drugs, him or El Chapo? <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. I, I I don't know. And did did El Chapo do a whole lot, or did he just sell it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was it? You don't you don't uh, use your Get own supply. Get high on your yeah. own supply. Yeah. Is that really a saying? I've never heard that. That is, that is a saying. Why is that? 
Is that because you're you don't want to smoke the product or right. ingest the product? Because if you're ingesting the product, you know what you're not doing with it. You're, you're not making the money. You're not it. selling it. Yeah, I think. And we're not condoning that kind no, of thing. No, but I think sounds that's like you are. Idea. No, I sure aren't. I'm, I've, I you know I've never done drugs, never of any kind. Prescription drug? Other than a prescription <laughs> drug at the at the. Grandma always said there's a first time for everything. Am I missing out on uh, anything? Uh, uh, yeah, you should really look into something the kids are doing these days called bath salts. <laughs> I miss the old Tide Pod thing. You should jump into the bath salt thing, find out what all the rage is about there. What's the thing the about— The Tide Pod, well, that's not a drug thing. That was just a what, stupidity what, thing. What's the thing about what I heard uh, Hans and Scotty talking about it, the whole uh, uh, you know spoiled meat thing? I still don't know if I believe it. Was that. Was that a joke? I don't know. It was worldwide news or whatever, the whole uh, world news. Okay. Real quick, because we don't have a ton of time here, and we've got the Not Sports Report uh, coming up next. Um, shifting from the Jazz just briefly, but staying within uh, drama uh, within <laughs> NBA teams. Okay. I, I found this today, and I, I'm just curious to what you think, because I've honestly— Well, let me get to the story. All right, so Sham Sharania went on a, a podcast with Amon Shumpert mm-hmm. and uh, talked about uh, Jimmy Butler and the Heat, and he said this, quote, I'm told there has been very, very testy moments behind the scenes between Jimmy and that coaching staff. Okay. So that's what Sham said uh-huh. of the athletic and stadium and Did whatever. somebody get all mad at him for it or something? So here's what uh, Jimmy Butler's agent tweeted out. Shut the bleep up, you clickbait, ambulance-chasing, dirtbag piece of bleep. No one has told you this because this is not reality. Go find someone's assistant to text about an MRI or some other human calamity you want to be first on. We are good over here. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. I, I Gordon, now, now you've uh, suffered your fair share of insults from a variety of people over the years. Has anybody ever uh, called you clickbait ambulance chasing dirtbag piece of s? Uh, in that order? In that, like in that, it, it, all at once? Oh, I've had worse than that. Okay. Have you? Oh yeah. From an NBA agent publicly? Uh, actually, <laughs> from Howard Isley. I did. True. I did have a. Uh, but Gordon made that an public. incident with an agent once. It was pretty upset. Uh, but uh, anyway, well, there's always something to aspire to. <laughs> but was it? I, I'm amazed that he did this publicly. He didn't just pick up the phone and text Sham Sharania. He's like, I'm, I'm going, I'm going scorched earth with this. That's the best name calling I've heard since that scene in the Sandlot when they're going back. What was that name he called him? Right uh, there again. What right here? Yeah. Click, clickbait, ambulance chasing, dirtbag, piece of s. That's that is that's poetry. That is that's impressive. But it makes no sense, really, because if you're a dirt bag, how can you be a piece of ass? I think we get you're, you're one or the other. Aren't I think you? we get the point, though. Oh. This is unless the, that, unless, that's, the, the, unless the piece of ass is mixed in with the dirt. I guess it could be. But that's an insult worthy of the show Veep. I mean that yeah. that, that is like stringing together some insults to really really go after it. Why we gotta call names like this? Why can't we all just get along? To salvage a serious thing here, it obviously bothers players and agents that uh, reporters are out there breaking injury stories. I mean, he refers to that like three times in this tweet. That's what those guys do. Yeah, is that okay, though? Shams and, I mean, uh, Woj does, I mean, those guys are, how, uh, okay, 
So do those are those guys connected? Are they, where are they getting their information from? You think it's coming from agents typically, or do you think it's coming from someone inside the league office or moron, idiot, <laughs> stupid? Right down the line. Yeah, who would use such? A I don't know. I don't know. Calling? But the the thing with these shams and in uh, Woj and uh, who's LeBron's puppet? Windhorse. Uh, <laughs> It, no, but I, I say that on purpose because these guys all get their stuff from from always read these breaking news guys and think, okay, whose self interest is it that they have this information? Yeah, yeah, and that's who benefits. Who benefits from it? Because that's where they're. Well, but getting sometimes it. it doesn't seem like there is a whole lot of benefit. Maybe maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that, but. Or, or this could be fake news from Shams. Obviously, uh, Jimmy Butler's agent is calling it fake news in the strongest terms. Maybe Shams is just out there making stuff up. Did you say Jimmy Buffett or did you? Say did Jimmy I say Buffett? Butler. I, I, I'm not sure. Butler. I heard Butler. Did you? Could have been Buffett. Maybe I was just over here, you know, eating a cheeseburger in paradise. So you're saying fake news? I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've got to admit, if I were Jimmy Butler or his agent, and somebody just said something that's completely untrue, that would bug me. Especially if it's reported as fact. Yeah, he's saying there's issues between Jimmy Butler and the coaching staff. Like, like that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. If there's an issue between Spolstra and Jimmy Butler, the best player and the coach, that's that's a really big deal. Now, imagine if you're a player just sitting at home <laughs> eating, <laughs> eating, a a peanut, <laughs> eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and all of a sudden you, you see a story that goes, wow, <laughs> I guess I'm not getting along with the coach. I'm not? Especially someone like Butler, who has had his run-ins in the past, and Spolstra is highly regarded. I would guess his agent isn't going this... Uh, this is helpful. Uh, if this were a true story, I'm guessing the agent isn't isn't doing that. Although maybe maybe it's a misdirection kind of thing. <laughs> Make noise over here <laughs> yeah. so that no one pays attention over maybe. here. Maybe. But I just thought that was rather sharp, coming from an NBA agent. Huh. Yeah. Well, I thought, yeah, yeah, sharp-edged. You yes. clickbait, ambulance-chasing, dirtbag piece of S. I mean, that's worthy of Majerus right there. I want a T-shirt. A little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, stay tuned. Nod Sports Report is coming up right around the corner. We want to remind you about our friends at SNS Roofing. Their huge winter and spring sales event is going on now, where you can save thousands on a new roof. Call pound 250 and say SNS Roofing for your free bid. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Sleepy, and there is no place I'm going to. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. In the jingle jangle morning, I'll come far. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be caller 12 right now. 855-340-ZONE. Correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Announced by David and Pat this morning at 850 and you'll win a zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers right here on the Zone Sports Network. It is time for the Not Sports Report brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. 
Gordon, uh, where are we going today? Sorry. Well, uh, okay, I hesitate to do this because I, I, I let me just say that I don't, I have no clue whether this is true or not. Uh-oh. I'm just reading it online in, in, in a few uh, uh, reports. But have you seen this criticism coming out about Mother Teresa? No. No, I haven't read the latest. I mean, there are people who are claiming that she was cruel at times. And uh, one person was saying that described children tied to beds in this Missionaries of Charity orphanage, which I guess she had connection to, and patients uh, in its home for the dying given nothing but aspirin for their pain. This is a quote. He and others said that Mother Teresa took her adherence to frugality and simplicity in her work to extremes, allowing practices like the reuse of hypodermic needles and tolerating primitive facilities that required patients to have unhealthy, unclean situations. I mean, Mother Teresa is nothing sacred anymore. I, I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't really have a comment on this one. I, well, I, I, I don't know what to make of this. When you read, this is the problem these days. When you read these reports, you have to decide, could this possibly be true? And I guess to each his own, they have to figure this out. But I've seen criticism of a whole lot of people out there. But And this isn't the first time, apparently, according to this report that was also in the New York Times. But it like there there is harsh, harsh criticism of Mother Teresa. Wasn't she sainted or whatever they call that uh, a few years ago? I don't think so. Doesn't it take longer than that to get sainted? Beats me. I don't know. I don't know the I process. It, I thought it took a really long but time. But this whole thing, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what, what to believe here. It's frustrating, you know, because you want to know the truth, right? The truth will set you free. I don't know about that. I mean, at what point is the, um, I don't know, the, does somebody become a symbol where the truth isn't as important as the message? Former missionaries of charity nun named uh, Colette Livermore recalled being denied permission to visit her brother in the hospital, even though he was thought to be dying. Quote, I wanted to go home, but you see, I had no money and my hair was completely shaved. Not that that would have stopped me. I didn't have any regular clothes. It's just strange how completely cut off you are from your family. This, I mean, that sounds like almost brainwashing. It sounds almost cult-like, you know. Uh, this might be the most downer, <laughs> not sports sport of all time. This might be it. New low. <laughs> I just. I don't really know if I want to do the five o'clock hour. I, frankly, I, you can't. You can't believe in Mother <laughs> Teresa. What is there anymore? Why? Why did we choose this story? Because it was shocking to me. Because I always saw the Mother Teresa as being this wonderful woman who did so much good for the world, and then I, I read this and it. It, it it makes me – it confuses me. Austin, what do you think? You're always a good judge of these things. I always knew that Mother Teresa was up to something. <laughs> who who should we tear down next? Moses? <laughs> We're coming for you. We're coming. I don't know. Plato? Homer, that, that for that Socrates. matter? That's so Yeah. Listen to this quote. One sister there quotes Mother Teresa saying, Love to be real has to hurt. Love to be real has okay. to hurt. What is that? Beats me. Isn't that a, a Hallmark greeting card? 
Shove it. You gotta love till it hurts. Ugh. I don't. I don't want to hurt. See, I just want to love. You. You. Hurt so good. Tearing down Mother Teresa. Like, I mean, I found a story about a, a woman who got arrested over <laughs> uh, 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 not satisfied with a Whopper, like a Burger King Whopper. Not satisfied. Threw it right at the at the uh, the person checking her out. Well, she can't have it her way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what the non-sports report is for? I believe it is. Yeah. But now here we are tearing down Mother Teresa. If you believe in something, we'll fix that. (laughs) Out to the zone phone we go. Look, I'm not reporting the news here. I'm wondering about the veracity involved in some of these reports is all. You could have picked a different report. So children tied the beds? Nuns who flog themselves, filthy homes. Joining us now from Lone Depot, he's our friend Matt Harrison. <laughs> Matt, save us. Let's help. Man, the Earth. show Let's has help. just gone downhill, hasn't it? I, I leave you guys more. alone for a half hour and see this what happens. What happens? This is what happens, Matt. Help us out. Help our listeners out. <laughs> All right, guys. So we'll, we'll try to kind of put this on a, on a little bit more of a cheery note. Thank shall you. We? Thank you. Um, so. Um, in the last segment, we talked about, uh, you know, a wonderful experience with a woman that was able to get into a home, um, you know, that was just kind of barely scraping by. So I'd like to kind of switch gears to, you know, um, you know, that individual that is, you know, doing pretty well off. You know, they've, they've got their home paid for and, um, you know, they might have some money coming in from uh, pension, you know, retirement, um, you know, 401k has been doing great. They say, well, you know, Matt, why, why would I look at doing a reverse mortgage? You know, what is kind of the benefit there? So when you look at your home and you look at the asset that it is, there's a certain amount of money that is there that could be available to you to use. And a lot of my clients um, that have good portfolios choose to do the reverse mortgage to initiate a line of credit. And again, a line of credit can be um, quite substantial. And we're talking, you know, a couple of hundred thousand dollars or more, depending on the, the actual value of the home. Um, but that line of credit is something that can grow over time with interest in your benefit. If it's used, it goes into the actual loan balance, which in this scenario would actually start very, very low. But if it's not, it is never a part of the loan and therefore your loan is very small. So when it comes down to, you know, the heirs of the estate taking um, you know, the home, there'd be a very small balance need to be paid. But a lot of my clients enjoy having this um, security blanket, um, you know, in the event that, uh, you know, 401k start to perform, you know, poorly, or, you know, they need to be able to pull some money out for some reason. They've got the ability to do that. And again, with the reverse uh, umbrella, making payments to pay that back are optional um, as far as the monthly payment is concerned. So, you know, it is, a, it is a wonderful program. And as you guys know, I've been pitching, you know, all day long, a, a great event that we're going to be having here in the month of June. Yeah, awesome. Tell us about it because it sounds cool. So June 16th, we're going to be doing a, a catered event. Um, it'll be in Sugar House, and we're going to be, you know, really discussing the ins and outs of the reverse mortgage program and how it works. Um, and uh, the easiest way to get on that uh, on that list, so we make sure we order enough food, is just send me a text. Uh, you know, my number is 801-330-2200. That is my cell phone, so you can just text away. Again, 801-330-2200. Um, you can reach me at my website. It's reversedourhome.com. 
And uh, as you guys know, I'm passionate about this program and, and love educating people on it so that they can see how it has really changed to be a premium program over the years. Awesome. Check it out. Call him or text him, 801-330-2200. We'll go to reverseourhome.com. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll have a little what's going on coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.